Mike Williams works with local veterans and organized the 2013 Honor Tour for Vets. He served in the Army in Vietnam. I was born in the Dallas, Oregon in 1952, not that it matters. Uh, You know, this may well be the only time that I actually make it to Washington, D.C. I'm kind of a a duck in the water here in in the Northwest. We've got a lot of beautiful stuff here to see. I traveled around with my folks in construction, in uh, line work and that sort of thing here in the Northwest. My father was a lineman. My relatives uh, on my father's side came out of Canada in the northern states up around Great Lakes and and on my mother's side, they came from Europe. And so anyhow, uh, seen a lot of, of uh, you know, the Northwest, lived in most of the cities in Washington and Oregon growing up, went to high school in McNary and uh, Salem, Oregon, spent a lot of time around Shamawa, uh Indian School there, uh, powwows and different uh, different functions going on there. We started doing... Um, Veterans fire watches back there at Shamawa Indian School at, uh, oh gee whiz, I don't know, it must have been maybe about 88. And uh, so we did that for quite a few years there and did veterans camps and talks and different events going on. I stood uh, in the line of officers for Vietnam Veterans of America down in the Willamette Valley in its early stages down there. And uh, fortunately had one of our local veteran service officers here talked me into getting involved because like most veterans I didn't want to have a whole lot of involvement with anything to do with organizational and government and that sort of thing. Tom Weiss talked me into uh, you know looking at it and getting connected and I did and I've been actively involved in in veterans uh, affairs if you will or projects ever since. And I stay with that today here in the Healing Circle with Larson Kalama and and Project Healing Water, uh, taking veterans out and helping them just kind of relax on the water and do some fly fishing, learn how or show me how. I don't care how it works as long as we get on the water. And just help them if they've got some some, uh, difficulty reintegrating, which is a pretty common common factor with a returning veteran. We've got some great women fishermen out there with Project Healing Water. Uh, so, you know, I totally invite women to connect with with that uh, group, Project Healing Water, and, and uh, they're not going to have to be out there with some some guy trying to learn how to fish. They can be, you know, and those, those women are pretty doggone coyote about catching a fish, too. They good fly tires. I work with Covo here in Central Oregon and and Warm Springs. And, uh, you know, we bring quite a few different things into the community as far as housing availability and and winter, summer clothes. They do the stand down. We do homeless counts. So, um, you know, in all, I'm pretty busy with the, you know, the veterans activities here and uh, trying to promote it through the American Legion and VFW here at Warm Springs. I'm the senior vice commander for the uh, Warm Springs Post, local uh, Post 48, 
And so we're pretty fresh and new and trying to get our feet established so we can interact with the community and and most particularly as a Vietnam vet, it's very important to myself to have a better program available out there for our new returning veterans than what we've seen back when uh, without beating a drum and crying about that. It's, uh, you know, things have improved and there's a lot of improvement to be made yet. I was in the Navy. I was on destroyers, and uh, I was never actually supposed to be on the ground in Vietnam. I wasn't real excited about dodging bullets, so the Navy looked pretty pretty uh, attractive to me, and we uh, ended up getting on a doggone C-130 and flying into, into Vietnam trying to outrun some typhoons. We had like 23 or 27 typhoons that year in 1970 and so they flew us out of the Philippines a few of us there were only three flew us into uh, Vietnam and we hung out there for a few days where we got to experience some of the just amazing things that happened there uh, come in contact with Agent Orange while I was there we actually sprayed it as a defoliant out on the base help load it, uh, just do some various things for a week, and then flew us out. Well, they got a break in the weather, and and they were actually watching the clock and the wind gauge to see, and they took us out by a helicopter and, and flew us off. Uh, actually, we landed on three aircraft carriers and uh, flew us off the third one and spidered us off the helicopter and the tailwinds of a typhoon onto the flat deck of a destroyer that was taking green water over the deck. So as, as a youngster, uh, 18 years old, I was pretty wide-eyed about all that. But, you know, you put your faith in the, in the chain that everybody knows what they're doing, and they did. And, and I managed, you know, managed to get there safely and not without getting a little wet, but uh, it was all part of the scheme. Honoring our veterans on Veterans Day on 91.9 FM KWSO. My name is Janice Smith. I grew up in Warm Springs, and um, my aunt and uncle were uh, members of the VFW Post 4217. My aunt was a member of the auxiliary, and I came from a family of veterans, my father was a World War II veteran. My uncle Alvin, he was a veteran. And Woodrow Smith, they were all veterans. And my brother also, um, Mylon Smith Jr., is a Vietnam veteran. And I have a lot of family members that are veterans. So I guess you'd say we come from a family of veterans. So it seems like only normally that... Uh, after a failed attempt at going to school, when I got out of uh, high school, I uh, enlisted in the Army. And my aunt and uncle didn't want me to go, so I did the sneaky thing. I asked my father, and my father says, yes, I'll sign, I'll sign for you. And that was just after I had turned 18, because I graduated when I was 17. But, you know, it, it's been really, I guess— you know, an honor to serve, serve in the Army, because the um, military life gave me such a structure that I had carried it into my uh, my workplace, 
And at home is like to be, you know, to carry that structure. And sometimes I guess you'd say the discipline really helps. But, um, you know, that's that has served me throughout my whole life. And, you know, it's just now in the latter part of the years, I'm beginning to, to get more involved with veteran events and, you know, to meet other ladies. It's quite an honor to meet other ladies who have served in different branches of the service and in different uh, uh, military occupations. And I was a military pay specialist. And so when I was discharged, I was, um, I guess you'd say, a specialist. Yeah, spec four. And my service was in the state side. And... Uh, how I got to come to be financial pay specialist is I guess I was good in math. I had five years of math in, or I had five, yes, I had five, I think it was five years of math into four years of high school. And so I did, I guess I did well, good enough for the Army, because then they decided that I, I ended up in Fort Knox. And so I en- ended up as, you know, um, First, I was paying all the Army Division, and then um, they made me like a section section chief, and so then I was paying the veterans and learned all about the hazard pay, different pays, and I tell you, some of those veterans, they earned their money, and I guess what has always amazed me is that I didn't know I could live on $98 a month because I didn't have to worry about clothes. Didn't have to worry about linen, place to stay. Didn't have to worry about driving around the base because we had a taxi. Didn't have to spend very much money, but I tell you, it was a very simple lifestyle. And, you know, I enjoyed I enjoyed that in Fort Knox. It, it was really nice. And I visit other bases. I visit um, oh, down there in Georgia, the Rangers, where the Rangers came from. Uh, I've been to Fort Hood. And they have a lot of, uh, I guess you would say, the uh, medical personnel come from Fort Hood. And, you know, being in the military has been just, I guess it's a rewarding experience for me. Larson Kalama Sr. served in the Army in Vietnam. I was raised and born here on the War Springs Indian Reservation. And graduated in high school here in 65. And... Um, from there, around 66, uh, moved on to Washington State and did some work up there, and I got married up there, and and I got my draft notice at the same time. And a week later, I was marching around in Port Louis. And after I got doing my basic training, I went on to uh, Port Gordon, Georgia. That's uh, radio communications and uh, spent about another six months there, and um, I knew where I was going, and I prepared myself. So I came back to War Springs for a short time. They had some kind of powwow going on, and I didn't tell nobody that I was going over. And this elder came up to me and told him, I want you to come down to the longhouse, bring your family, so I did. And uh, it surprised me a little bit. My my grandparent, my grandmother was uh, Rose Cuckup Kalama, and grandfather was Henry Martin Kalama Sr. And my wife's name was Patricia 
Ann Kalama. And we had her, her daughter, was Richard, uh, my daughter. And, um, and I had my sisters, and they were there. And I then prepared myself for better or worse. That get myself ready and prepared to go over and come back. And um, other than that, um, I was uh, pretty much on my way to uh, Oakland, California, and spent about three or four days and jumped on the airplane at night, and um, we were on our way. He ran into some familiar faces while in the service. Well, there's the one when I first got there. His name was Garland Bruno, and uh, he was in the same outfit with the 125th uh, Signal Brigade, uh, the 25th Infantry Division. And um, I didn't know who he was. He was calling my name out. And, uh, you know, being out there in the sun all the time, we were real dark and black. And first time I seen him, I said, I thought he was a black person, but it's just being out there in the sun. So I just about ended up taking off and running until <laughs> he hollered my name again, and I stopped in my tracks. So I turned around and looked at him, oh, Garland Bruno. So we sat down together and ate. Time I want to talk to you later on after my shift. I said, that's fine. So we did. We sat there and talked about old times and... Yeah, every time I went in, I would sit down and talk and talk some more. And then we didn't know we had another friend that was next to us too, and he was named Dennis Thompson. But I think he was already back. Time I ended up um, going over there, and I'm going out in the field about six months later, and and uh, around the Iron Triangle, Hobo Woods, and Perd Peak, and on those little areas, and then I was in one place by Tenang. Tenang, it was a sort of like an Orvin compound complex where the uh, uh, trained uh, scouts, and uh, so I spent time there. And then pretty soon we ended up moving around. Uh, when you get drafted in the military, it's two years, and I didn't quite make two years. Uh, I was wounded on August 30th of uh, 1968, and uh, six months of that, I was um, healing up and uh, at Madigan Hospital in Tacoma, Washington. Remember when we came back, we didn't have that um, thank you and all this, and everything else was um, at night. I came back at night, even though I was medevac all the way back from Vietnam. Uh, landed in there and, um, uh, at the airport there in Oakland, and then from there to um, McCart Air Force Base, and it was always night when we got there, so because of the demonstrators and all that. And um, I remember when coming back, when I dropped into uh, Japan, and that little short drive from the airport to the... Uh, um, hospital there was quite an experience. And uh, we see all these people with signs that says, American, go home. And um, pretty soon I was always wondering why they had um, 
uh, bars across the windows, and I found out. <laughs> After I got closer to the hospital, they ended up uh, throwing rocks, throwing beer bottles, and as we're going in, they were spitting on the ground, you know, what, 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 could, what else could happen, you know. But I try, I try to put all these things behind, but it's hard. Even though it's 41 years for me, I still think about it. Keith Baker is a Vietnam veteran. I was in the United States Army from May of 1968 until August 1971. I was an infantry soldier in Vietnam on both tours. First tour was with uh, Charlie Company, 1st and 16th, 1st Infantry Division. And we were based out of La Caye, South Vietnam. And uh, I finished out and came home. I was brought home by a congressman. Uh, my father was dying. And then it was right at the end of the tour. Then I went back overseas um, by choice. And I got stationed with the AmeriCal 23rd Infantry Division up out of Chu Lai and the Republic of South Vietnam, again as an infantry soldier. And I was medevaced out through the hospitals in Japan and back to the States. And so the last nine months was more of a medical hold, and I turned down a medical discharge to take a regular honorable discharge. The way I was raised, volunteering was a normal part of life. Um, my father would have fulfilled all the, he fulfilled all the classic signs of PTSD. PTSD, there's a real problem about self-worth. Um, a lot of veterans, a majority of veterans that have strong issues of PTSD don't know what they're worth, so they make great volunteers. And since I've got out of the service, um, almost all my work has been in emergency service. And search and rescue was a function I started as a kid and continued through. Now, getting to the veteran part came when my disability started catching up, and it made it harder for me to be out in the field in my first love of life is search and rescue. And so then finding something else to replace that, I get to tell the government they're wrong by using their own rules on screwing over our veterans. And I really get a kick out of that. Keith Baker has assisted local veterans for many years. I will continue to be in that capacity. I would like to find somebody. Uh, I'd like to find a trainee so that uh, finding a younger veteran in the community to train them, replace me. And one of the things back in the 80s, the tribes, Larry Kalika, um, when you took a job, you searched for a replacement. And I like that policy. So it's the idea that uh, in order to keep this going and continue to have the help and support to the veterans here, uh, getting somebody to want to step up, preferably a fairly young vet, so they have the ears in front of them like I did, and keep this going. American Legion and VFW both uh, are forging well. And um, we have the Sons of American Legion. We have uh, the Auxiliary in both posts, uh, VFW Auxiliary and 
American Legion Auxiliary. And when you think about it in this community, um, the honor and history of a warrior soldier, that covers most of the families of this whole community. So services for our veterans becomes important because it's a major community issue. And then the service organizations, VFW and American Legion, um, a, a very serious goal that's part of the structure, but our own goals, is our interaction in the community and how to help provide services for the community. And then one thing that we've taken on is uh, our young men and women going into the service. If they come see us first or we find out about them, then we help them in their dealings with recruiters because recruiters with all good intentions have quotas to fill, which does not always in the best interest of the young to be soldier. So we want to catch them before, during, and after 